0: This is Jim, and today I am talking to a veritable paragon of the tabletop RPG community the legendary Cobalt Advocate, Game Master, and creator of the One Shot Group of Podcasts, James D'Amato. Hello, sir. Hello, heroes. Uh,
1: how are you doing, Jim?
0: Great, great. How are you doing, sir?
1: Uh, I am doing pretty good. Uh, you know, we're, we're recording this right before Fourth of July, so I had a nice, relaxing day today.
0: Cool. Awesome. Awesome. I'm. Uh, hopefully, we'll be having one of those uh, uh, one of these years sooner or later. Uh, but I've got <laughs> a few things I got to get over first uh, in my own little uh, psychological ladder that I'm climbing day after day. But enough about me. You, sir are a man of many projects, uh, but the one that we are primarily interested in talking about today is the Dungeon Dome.
1: Yes, I'm very excited to talk about this.
0: And you're about to do a Kickstarter for it, uh, which may already be running by the time folks hear this. Uh, So for folks not familiar, what is the Dungeon Dome?
1: Uh, The Dungeon Dome is a fictional gladiatorial arena um, and it also happens to be the newest actual play project by one shot i've been doing actual play podcasts uh, for one shot almost four years now and most actual play goes through a very traditional format uh, you put a mic or a video camera in front of a traditional game setup where there's one adventuring party um, and i kind of wanted to take advantage of the medium and do a project uh, that, sort of took advantage of the fact that we have an audience and maybe tried something that normally wouldn't work very well in traditional tabletop uh and I looked to professional wrestling as my inspiration <laughs> Uh, so the dungeon dome, I have a lot of two person parties, uh, who are acting as gladiators in this fictional arena, the dungeon dome. Uh, and I am exploring stories, uh, about competition and combat, uh, in player versus player conflict. So very much like wrestling matches, I am going to pair people up, uh, in matches, except, uh, we're, we're a little bit less fixed in the dungeon dome. So the players in the dungeon dome are actually going to be fighting each other for titles, um, that I am trying to influence, uh, less than wrestling is influenced. Um, and the personalities that they're playing with are, you know, these larger than life, uh, personas that normally you would see in a wrestling match. And I'm also trying to explore dungeons and dragons as a storytelling medium and almost a sporting arena. Um, because there's more to D and D than just hit the other person until they're out of hit points. Um, yeah. so we're going to be doing uh unique match types, like uh, a treasure match where people will have to explore an environment, uh, safely and try to come out with more wealth than the opposing team. Um, Nice. Yeah. So I like, I am hoping uh, that this new actual play project will uh, still take the very familiar territory of dungeons and dragons and uh, put a unique spin on it that maybe we haven't seen uh, from other actual play. Yeah. And uh, if uh, like I've wanted to do it for a very long time, but haven't had the opportunity because uh, due to my full-time day job and my responsibilities at one shot, I just have not been able to take on another project. Uh, However, uh, I found out recently that two performers that I want to have starring in this project are going to be moving away from me. Uh, So it is a now or never moment. If I cannot get, do this project now, uh, I will have to change my vision for it. So yeah, yeah. I'm running the Kickstarter to pay myself enough money to step away from my day job um, and run one shot full time and also be able to produce the version of the Dungeon Dome that I've always wanted to produce.
0: Cool. It's a heck of a leap being able to like step away from your day job and actually do the thing you really want to do. So that's awesome. You must be ridiculously excited right now.
1: I'm very excited. I'm very nervous about it uh, because like I've run a Kickstarter before, uh, but this one is just different. Uh, (laughs) It's different uh, from the type of Kickstarter that I'm used to running. Like, I I feel like I understand how to run a Kickstarter to sell a book or a game pretty well. And this is very unfamiliar territory. So I'm hoping it works. And if it does, uh, my life is going to look very different going forward. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Awesome. Well, uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the Kickstarter. Is there anything you're at liberty to say at this point about uh, maybe some of the goals or the sorts of rewards you're looking at here? Absolutely.
1: Um, So like I said, I'm used to Kickstarters uh, in the game space where you're actually selling a game. And the main lever of those, the main way that you interact as an audience member is exclusivity, where when you pay for something uh, through the Kickstarter, you're getting something that You know, you might not be able to get any other way or you're getting something that is available, you know, specifically through the Kickstarter. Maybe there'll be a retail version available later, but the Kickstarter version is special or comes with added benefit in some way Uh, for the Dungeon Dome. I can't do that. Um, and that's primarily because I, I want to pick up new audience members, uh, through the dungeon dome. Uh, I, am tr- appealing to a bit of a different crowd than I normally am with my RPG podcasts. Mm. Um, so I want to make it so that, uh, the project that I produce coming out of the dungeon dome is accessible as possible. So rather than, uh, dealing in exclusivity, uh, backers for the Dungeon Dome are going to be uh, dealing with engagement instead. If you back the Dungeon Dome, It will give you the ability to interact and influence the world of the Dungeon Dome uh, much deeper than somebody who's just watching. Uh, The Dungeon Dome is designed to be an audience interactive game. When somebody falls in the Dungeon Dome, because it's a streaming project and it's going to be a live game, the audience will be able to vote on whether that combatant uh, lives or takes a death save. Because this is D&D 5th edition, if somebody takes a death save, they really only have three before their character is dead completely uh so that's a very real mechanic that we're playing with uh the players have to please the audience in order to keep playing their characters and uh, keep playing the game there are also levels where people will be able to suggest uh things like items monsters traps uh Match types uh, that will be in the Dungeon Dome. So, if you're somebody who likes what I do and you want to have influence over the world and, and you want to see me take one of your ideas and put it in front of the performers uh, that you like to hear on one shot, uh, the Dungeon Dome is an opportunity for that.
0: Well, and I've been uh, looking at some of the videos that you have up um, already for it, uh, where you dip your toes in the water of this thing. And uh, it's the audio audience participation factor is uh, something I love, uh, looking at this, because just everyone gets so terribly excited about which team they're going to vote for. Um, And it looks like it's a really fun time. And the the funny thing is, it reminds me a little bit of a game I once played called X-Crawl. It's kind of like a a professional wrestling setup for adventurers. But unlike that, uh, you're actually managing to pull your streaming audience in and having them determine... Uh, the way that things go in the match during the course of the match itself. I'm, I'm actually familiar with X
1: crawl through uh, system mastery uh, shortly after I started work on the dungeon dome. Uh, System Mastery, one of uh, the podcasts on our network, um, and one of my favorite shows to listen to, did Xcrawl as one of their reviews. System Mastery typically reviews RPG systems that are no longer uh, being published these days. Yeah. Um, And so, uh, like, I'm familiar with Xcrawl, and it is such a similar idea because it's taking place, you know, in a universe where audiences watch, like, parties of adventurers go through dungeons and try to accumulate wealth and power. And uh, I think Xcrawl was either D&D 3.5 or uh, Pathfinder. I can't remember... Which one, or maybe it was both?
0: I think it was three five. If I remember that that feels like about the era that I played it. Yeah, Um, I played it like once or twice.
1: Like Xcrawl was was a cool idea. I I think uh, based on the system master review that I heard, uh, their focus was a little bit different than mine. Um, But uh, my my inspiration for the Dungeon Dome, like actually not just watching professional wrestling, which uh, I had started to get back into recently, Mm. like that was a huge inspirational factor for me. Uh, But it was the real life competitive RPG scene um that exists out there uh there is a competitive rpg scene where they they will take dungeons um and it's like a simple dungeon and they will determine how many moves it takes to get through a dungeon so uh turns will go by initiative order and like uh you're counting by how many rounds and how many you know fragments of rounds, how many move actions and standard actions uh-huh. it takes to navigate a dungeon space and, and get so many rewards from that dungeon. Um, it's a really cool real life thing. So I was like, what if I took that sort of competitive aspect to D and D like going, yeah, let's treat D and D like a competition. Let's treat it like a sport. Um, but because we are dealing in a storytelling space and because fifth edition is it lends itself so much more to the uh, story game style of, uh, you know, let, let, let's make things up and go with what works and is yeah. coolest rather than what's by the book and by the rules. Let's introduce this wrestling thing where, yes. This is a sport. Yes, this is a competition. But it's also part of a larger story that we're telling. And, you know, maybe every competition that we see isn't exactly fair. And maybe we're cheering for a team to struggle against odds that they're working to overcome. Uh, But we know as an audience uh, that they probably won't be able to make it past this challenge. Um, So I, I am uh, trying to have it both ways. I am trying to have a competition at the same time that I am trying to uh, tell, tell some really dramatic stories, and I, I don't know how it's going to work out.
0: Well, that, that's, I think, one of the exciting things about it. It's uh, If I may say, uh, hopefully without uh, offending anyone, it's uh, less staged than wrestling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, wrestling is the best LARP. Uh, that has ever been. It is the most (laughs) successful LARP in human history. So i have to appreciate wrestling oh, yeah. and like i even appreciate the fact that like the outcomes of matches are fixed because as an improviser uh like an improv comedian i i'm watching those men in that ring and those men and women in that ring and they're essentially doing what i'm doing when i get on stage uh yeah. you know they're portraying a character and they're making up a story as they go but they're also combining it with like crazy acrobatic action and i think that's dope as hell uh but yeah
0: absolutely
1: <laughs> I, I, I want it I want like certain elements of uh like the way I position different characters going into matches uh, to, to represent wrestling but I do want certain matches and the outcomes of those matches to be shoots like I want to watch my players actually struggle against one another and and see who comes out on top uh, by luck or by skill
0: And I think one of the really cool things also about this, um, is that uh, you're going to have audiences able to follow their favorite teams or combatants. Yes, yes,
1: definitely. Uh, and, and I have a really great cast of people that they can follow. Um, if people are familiar with me and my shows, uh, I have uh, Stephen Kropa and Mike Migdahl who were on campaign as Binbon and Jubna. And Mike has his own show on our network called The Neo Scum uh you know they're, they're wonderful performers and i've got a lot of performers who if you're familiar with the one shot network you're going to be excited to see uh cat cool the gm of the campaign podcast is also uh going to be a combatant and for other podcasts uh we're having uh pat o'rourke uh, from the dungeon rats he's also one of the partners in the one shot network uh and his uh teammate Aram Varshan from the God's Fall podcast are going to be competing in the arena. So if you like God's Fall and you're familiar with Aram as a GM, uh, he is playing a fantastic character in the Dungeon Dome, Uh, a like decadent dark elf prince uh, who (laughs) just thinks incredibly highly of himself and is oozing with charisma and style. Uh, but is also a massive heel. Um, each uh, team has their own hashtag uh, for people who are in the chat to uh, s- shout out to, uh, you know, show favor for their team. And uh, the hashtag that Aram and Pat chose is f- the audience. Oh, yes. So they really... They're really pushing that heel card hard and they are pulling it off so well. Uh so I I am thrilled uh to be working with the people that I'm working with for this uh because <laughs> everybody that I pitched the idea to got it like immediately and they started coming up with these really out there character concepts that I was so excited to to see play out in the arena.
0: That is great. And actually the thing that uh I really like I think um, almost best about the various shows you do on one shot and something that I see you continuing um, with the Dungeon Dome is the idea that as a game master, uh, one of your jobs is to help the players to be awesome. Yes. And uh, that is something that that's that that is a major uh, important thing for me. And it's I'm just so glad to see that that's at the core of this new project that you're doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, some of these players who are in the Dungeon Dome have been playing Dungeons and Dragons for years and think about it very strategically. And others are improvisers who know how to put on a good performance, uh, but aren't as familiar with D&D. And if you watch the Dungeon Dome performances that we've done so far, you know that as a GM, I am not super impartial. I uh, am more partial towards drama. Yeah. So if there is a move that I think is interesting, um, that might not be within the rule set, I will encourage a player to make that move uh, to have it be the most dramatic outcome possible. And I, I think uh, the end of our first dungeon dome was like really impressive and exciting. Uh, but I'm even more excited uh, going into uh, season one if we do make manage to fund it uh, to have the dungeon dome uh, be something where Everybody is at least a little bit more familiar with D and D, and so when they get back in that arena, they will be prepared uh, to not only think with their performer brains and actor brains, but actually engage that sort of strategic, uh, competitive mindset.
0: Very cool, very cool. And as an old theater fellow myself, I can tell you that a lot of the drama that you're bringing to it, and that all of your wonderful cast are bringing to it, is, is something that I can really appreciate.
1: Well, one of the things that I'm excited about since you mentioned that you're a theater person there is an a plot and a b plot uh to the dungeon dome uh and for the a plot it's a very traditional sort of champions storyline uh, we're going to be following people who are vying for the top spot of the dungeon dome but uh the b plot is something that i have always wanted out of wrestling and that is a retelling of one of my favorite shakespearean stories Oh, seriously yes yes uh so there is going to be a wrestling framework imposed over uh, a Shakespeare play that will be playing out in the Dungeon Dome. And I am very, very excited uh, for people to pick up on it. Oh, God, that's awesome. Yeah, (laughs) I'm really, really thrilled because Shakespeare, to me, is a thing that... Like those stories are very elemental and they work in a lot of different settings. Like we see most people when they are at theater school and they're going for their director's thesis, they'll choose a play and try to impose a different setting on it, essentially taking the same play and just uh, changing the context for it. So uh, with this, I am taking the structure of a Shakespeare play and I am imposing the dungeon dome around it and changing some of the dialogue scenes into fight scenes. <laughs> so i'm excited about it and like i don't know how well it's gonna work um but the actors that i've picked for it are the perfect actors for the role and i cannot wait to see what they do when they step into those matches that are made to mirror that story
0: oh wow well i cannot wait to see this then i i, I am more excited now to see this uh, now that you have told me this <laughs> I don't know which play you're doing. I'm I'm presuming you're wanting to keep that a a secret for now. I'm keeping Uh, that
1: under my hat. Um, The (laughs) actors have all made references uh, to the story, like in their characters. And I I, I think it's one of those things that I want the audience to know that it's in there so they don't feel like they're crazy when they're looking at it and picking up on these things. (laughs) But I want them to have the fun of discovering uh, what story we're telling.
0: Oh, wow. That's great. (laughs) because we're just sort of sitting there just imagining what it would be like to do something like Macbeth or Othello as just a series of fights (laughs) (laughs) and that's cool that's a very interesting way of interpreting it Well, sir, we are about out of time, but uh, I just wanted to ask briefly, was there anything we didn't get to that you wanted to make sure we mentioned? You
1: know, I I think I got to talk about most of it. Um, Thank you so much for having me on this show. This was a blast.
0: So by the time you hear this, uh, by the time this episode is out, uh, the Kickstarter should be underway. Um, But uh, if there are any little adjustments to that, I will put that in the show notes. So folks will see that. I will also put a link to the Kickstarter in the show notes when that is available. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, Jim, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much
1: for having me.
0: The pleasure's all mine, dear sir. The pleasure's all mine. (laughs) (laughs)